It is the morning of the 21st of October 2019. Good morning and welcome to PBE Daily, the early mornings and late night podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvumbi. I am extremely grateful for the fact that I finally made the land, the first landmark I wanted to hit with this podcast. 1,000 listens globally and I know that means a little bit less to a lot of people but to me it means the world to get 1000 times that something i've created has been clicked onto is one thing that actually proves that there's a direction i'm taking that's making sense and to not to sound repetitive but when you're grateful you should repeat how many times that you're grateful about that fact another morning has been has come before us and today i it is a public holiday in in kenya shout out to all the champions who actually made this country what it is we dubbed this day mashujade thanks to the 20th of, of uh, October because 20th of October initially when I was a kid used to be called Kenyatta Day in honor of the very first president, native president of the Republic of Kenya and since then with the, with the years after the change of the constitution and all that they figured let him share that day with every other person who was a founding father of the nation and a founding mother of the nation. The matriarchies and patriarchies that give life to this great country and what it is today are the guys who are given the props today so granted most of us took this time to enjoy every single sip of it but i've taken a break and a hiatus from a lot of things after my successful event on friday big shout out to dj lisbon dj cash and mix master lenny for allowing me to really hype for them at boombox last week there's something about the energy i get when i walk onto that stage at alchemist bar and i'm allowed to entertain in the sense of as a hype man my job is to compliment the music that is playing and when you have the perfect dj who knows exactly what they're playing it makes life so much easier and if you didn't know let me put things into perspective for you if you've ever seen me hype an event only one event i've ever done that required me to have a prep session with the dj and that event is the event that was done by one of the legendary djs dj Pinye. He runs a tight ship, he enjoys having music played in a certain specific way and he will have everything played out as far as which song plays when and you do what at what time. In any other case you've seen me with a DJ on stage, I do not know what they're going to play next. We get to enjoy the music together. The job of the DJ is to pick the perfect selection and to make the music really rock. When the DJ does that, my job is to compliment what he's creating or what she's creating by saying the right words at the right time. Where I, wherever I speak when it comes to hyping of music is I speak on the moments where I think everything makes sense to me and then I fire away. I've always had fun because I let the DJs have their fun. I am a tool to them. I am an instrument to them. I'm there to complement their work. And as a result, if a DJ allows me to do the work I need to do, we all end up having fun. So I'm grateful to Boombox for helping me polish up on my hyping skills. Today's episode is actually dedicated to something that I've been swirling in my head since Friday. Like if I recorded this topic on Friday, it would have come off very, very angry. And that's not what I'm going for at the moment. And that I took time to swirl around it over the weekend. It really helped. And one thing I have to give a shout out to also is, as you always know, there's something that always informs whatever podcast I create. I finally watched a documentary series. It was a four-part documentary series called Wu-Tang Clan of Mike's and men and let me tell you as a guy who grew up on hip-hop and only occasionally heard about Wu-Tang Clan but then got old enough to get their entire discography and listen to what they're doing 
and then hear their stories? Let me put it to you this way. We, we think we know struggle. We think we know pain. We are a little bit clueless. To a great extent, we are a little bit clueless. And it's why I decided to make this episode be about privilege. And when I say privilege, I mean that I think we also have to redefine what privilege is to a lot of people. In many different pieces of documentation that I've been checking out, not only audio recordings or verbal recordings and all that, I've been listening to people talk about how this is the first time in very many years where uh, mortality has changed a great deal, uh, education has changed a great deal, food security has changed a great deal. Um, the, the idea of poverty and the lack of cash is one thing, but it has never been as possible for somebody to actually earn a living or make a living as it is in the current day and age and if not make a living or it's just survive opportunities to survive have been slightly higher currently than they have been in the past but then when i watched this documentary which actually put even more things into perspective very many members of the wu-tang clan come from broken homes and for them to actually be able to be fathers on their own right is a big thing for me and it's something that actually made me start looking at my life a little different. Take for example, how I've said this before, I am lucky, extremely blessed and lucky that I come from a home that both parents were still present and still are present as I go. I am very lucky that I was granted the opportunity to go to public school education, learn a few things here and there. Though I was not the most academic child, I still did pick a few things up here and there. I am also extremely lucky for the schools that I was given the chance to go be educated in. Many people would actually speak different of that. I mean, there are certain teachers, of course, I feel they should burn in hell. But the school itself and that which the school taught me still has a big part in my life and how I carry myself. The information I, I garnered and the, and the stuff I gained from these different spaces, it made me a better person because everybody asks me about my high school experiences and I went to a high school called Isili High School. And when I was joining that school, it was during its reforms because in the late 90s that school had had this big stigma which was it was a rogue school guys used to fight a lot in the streets of nairobi and stuff like that and they weren't alone there were three other schools which were going for the same thing but when we got to the school in 2001 a lot of reforms had been done and it was changing its perception and the thing i loved most was when i got there the teachers even if i didn't give them the grades they wanted me to give them as far as my academic performance they were more concerned about the kind of man they were raising me to be i was even told that by one of my biology teachers who i never gave her anything above a d i mean I'm, I'm, i was a terrible student when it came to high school and i did love i loved to be educated if you just gather my curiosity I, I would be sticking with you the entire time but the fact that they were more concerned about the kind of man they were putting out into society made me feel very very happy and this is the stuff that hit me when i was 17 years old and why i called myself point blank since then and why i continue to speak the way i speak about that school and the education i got when i watched that documentary series about the wu-tang clan i started thinking about well maybe that's the reason why generations of hip-hop speak in different ways 
put it this way a lot of the most influential rappers who actually rock in the industry right now are guys who either they came out conscious of that which was the struggle that surrounded them or they watched the environment they came up in they were moved to a different environment and the environment they were moved to still told them that yo the world is not a safe place for you you need to find your own path and find a truth that actually will be respectful not only for you and earn you a living as well it spoke to so many different individuals and artists who i've always felt as if if we ever, ever sat down and just spoke to these people about the different struggles they've had we'd understand how beautiful life is thereafter hip-hop has always been born molded and chiseled from struggle and squalor because the main places where information came in came from that which was giving you redemption and a fighting chance in society Staten Island has had a very and maybe it still has a very big racial divide that always comes out and it affects the black community more aggressively than anything else now in that area as much as the church Christian church tried to play its part to get people to be mobilized and move together in in peace and harmony the young felt disenfranchised by how the church would speak about turning the other cheek and all that these are all assumptions that i'm 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 taking based upon what i saw in the documentary after that fact there was this faction that movement called the five percent nation nations of the gods and the earths and in this nations of the gods and the earths the teachings that they have tell a person of black descent the truth of the fact that the very first black the first man to walk this earth is the asiatic black man when you tell that to a person who is a descendant of a slave who is disenfranchised in society economically pushed to the bottom of the food chain and then you tell him these things that actually make him feel proud of who he is make make him feel educated and you educate them on the mathematics of making them become better members of society and then you tell that that thing to teenage boys who are selling drugs in the streets because they're trying just to put put money in their family's pockets so they do not have to suffer too much on welfare and to try make it easier for mom to do things in the house because mom is also trying to put things together dad's not there and if dad's there he's probably stuck in the drug game also or he's a drug user and then you take that child and then you tell him that there's this skill that has been born in the late 70s called hip-hop and it gives us financial possibilities and freedom to express ourselves and then you give that person the chance to travel the world out of this squalor that they come from when you hear that same person listen to music that only glorifies the drug taking and the party life would you or would you not expect him to be frustrated and to lash out that's been the everlasting battle between hip-hop artists and and the different generations old school generations feel like you need to really represent and be grateful for that where you come from and keep educating and then the current age is yo we're successful now we don't really have to worry about all these things let's talk about how big things can get so as much as the generations that have existed thereafter have been successful and being really party friendly and party oriented it really makes us feel as if the essence of what the streets was giving them was lost but then again when you come out of dire straits are you really going to keep on singing about that which makes you sad marinate on that for a second now let's bring it back home and back into the perspective of where i come from when it comes to this music i started thinking about hip-hop music and the education side of it when i became 19 years old that's when i first got my proper education 
of hip-hop music and i got it from gentlemen who were campus students and there's nothing more awesome than sitting down with people who actually made it to levels of education that you couldn't make it to and you hear them break down to you the actual mathematics of how music is important to making you become even bolder in how you speak spoken word poetry was really really big when i was in in my early 20s and then since then hardcore boom bap rap was the only thing that actually really stood out to me then i heard little brother and the north carolina rappers and then i started hearing um, other rappers who came from the digging, digging in the crates crew and all that and props to the party music that comes out today they had to find their own path and i, I got that little jewel from irv Gotti. irv Gotti is the first guy to say like think about the music that was being created by the Jay-Z's, the DMX's, and the Jar Rules of, of the of, of our time. What were the generations to follow going to sing about? How could they possibly compete? They found their own lane. And music was definitely going to evolve. And so trap music came became big. This this evolution is unavoidable and it's inescapable. But then I started thinking about my nation and the things that my nation has never really paid attention to. I know I'm saying this on a public holiday that celebrates our heroes and it will come off wrong to some people but I firmly believe Kenyans, all of us, all across this great nation, we are spoiled rotten. And I mean that in this way. You may not have noticed it but I want you to just, just hear me out. And I'm not saying this to try to be trigger warning or trigger happy in any way, shape or form. These are just some of the conclusions that I'm, I'm earning. And this may change in time, but this is what I've seen currently. This is the state of mind I've seen. We have always been surrounded by nations that have gone through the toughest and most aggressive forms of turmoil. And we do not seem to even have a grasp of how easy it is for us to make it through from day to day. I know people who live in neighborhoods which are not the most friendly and the most uh, uh, safe. And I know people in the slums think I'm also trying to shun what they're speaking on. But no, I do not mean it in that sense. This is what I'm trying to say. Everybody who's been close enough to have a successful life after high school and stuff like that, you've been able to sleep at night knowing full well tomorrow morning you're going to be okay. There's nothing that keeps people at more peace or at bay or at less levels of being curious to make things happen than the guarantee that tomorrow is going to be a good day. Knowing that every single day of your life does not have anything that regards making your life even more difficult makes you just consider things is, are, not, are not a problem at all. I have never really had interactions with police. I've never really had problems with police. I've never been remanded. I've never been tied up. I've never been caught up. But that's just me. But I do recognize that the people who every single day of the week when they leave the house and they don't make it home by 6 o'clock, they'll be tied up or taken to industrial area and they're going to be bothered or remanded for a couple of days. And it's not fair to them, but it's just something about for some reason that some police officers just have to meet a certain quota of how many times they arrest young people. Now think about this. As a, as a person who's been born and raised in Kenya, if you're a person who's born and raised in Kenya, just hear me out right now. In the 1990s, you probably went to school every day of the week. You probably enjoyed the privileges of the fact that there was free milk being given to you at least once a month. Meanwhile, there was a time when a huge number of kids came from across the region. 
the east african community was now finally in your classroom and you'd look at the guys from this east african community who came into the classroom and worked super hard to get an education they worked super hard to be amongst the top 10 students in the school they really busted their asses to make sure that they made the best of the education they were being provided with and you at some point in the back of your mind started asking yourself why are these guys studying so hard and then you probably said it out loud to your parents or you said it out loud to somebody around you and they told you like they are fighting for something that is much greater than you would ever possibly recognize or imagine. What they have seen and what they have come from, you can't wrap your head around it. And then you didn't really know what they meant because your parents didn't really let you watch the news in the, 90, in the 90s. 1994 to 1996, you never really watched the news. And then 96, 97, 98... A blow-up of things started happening where you started to see pop culture. And then the kids who came from a little bit higher neighborhoods than your neighborhoods came out. And they started telling you about this art form that was really cool and really dope. And some of those kids who were telling you about it came from the hood. Because a lot of people from those squalor neighborhoods had people who came in from abroad who were telling them about how they would like to help their cultures, they'd like to help their slum to become even better. And when they went to those slums, they brought them these tapes and these CDs and then told them about this music called hip-hop. And then they started educating them on that music called hip-hop, so much so that those guys started writing their own hip-hop. And then there was a new resurgence in the country where now there was a freedom of speech and expression and then television stations and radio stations started allowing people to speak even in criticism of the, of the benevolent leader who was the president at the time. And then when the music and the expression started coming out, party life started happening. A freedom to go out and be yourself and just rock it and enjoy yourself. All this stuff started to happen. And then 1992 happened and you were kind of curious about how you, if you're going to be safe again. Then 1998 happened and you also stayed curious of what you were going to do as far as your safety was concerned. Then 2007 happened and you still didn't really recognize the fact that this has been a swirling event that has been happening from time to time. Yet you did not pull yourself back to look at the entire region and yourself and ask yourself did i not see signs from around from my neighbors that were supposed to prepare me for everything that was happening right smack dab in front of us we would love to see the country change in its way of carrying itself culturally in the in the way we interact with one another socially and we'd love to see growth politically but we haven't seen squalor we haven't seen things go completely sideways our parents have and they made the best they could and to their credit they made sure to keep us as far away from the problems as possible for those who weren't able to stay away from it or suffer that as much as most in the country did we need to give more respect to the guys who come from smaller neighborhoods and poorer neighborhoods for even making it out of those neighborhoods and becoming something of themselves I was blessed enough to live in a house where there was no alcohol consumption whatsoever. The fact that I drink as heavy as I drink is just something I just, I, I, it's a reason why I actually, actually measure myself. But we need to really rock ourselves as a country and ask ourselves, are we conscious of how much privilege we've been granted? Say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you very, very much for constantly supporting this podcast and making it become something even greater. This topic is probably going to be revisited over and over again because I'm going to keep swirling this around my head until I find the perfect answers, even for myself. Until the next time I make a recording and hang out with you guys, Uno. <laughs>